Welcome to another edition of the Built for the Storm podcast. Hosted by three-time World Series champion Jeremy Affelt. Affelt brings it. Chopper on the infield. Affelt to the bag himself. Get ready to experience life's winding journey through the minds of proven leaders in the worlds of sports, business, and entertainment. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affel. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affel. As they draw up your own personal playbook to overcoming the odds and achieving real success. We just don't give up. We don't quit. You know how we pieced everything together, man. Seeing teams win like this, the way we win. What's the best way to weather a storm? Run into it head on, charging full steam ahead. This is unbelievable, you know, game seven. I mean, this will be a memory for a long time for me. I'm so happy I got to come to the park today. Here's the fearless leader of our pack, Jeremy Affelt. I have a special guest on here with me today. He's a friend, he's a mentor. He is a man that was brought into my life, oh man, probably, what, eight years ago now? And he has changed my life. He has spoke to me about so many different things, and he's a perfect guest for the Built for the Storm podcast for a few reasons, which we'll talk about. He's a speaker, an author, a mentor, comedian. He's funny. He's great. (laughs) He's written several books. The Cure is one that he was participating in and is a phenomenal book on just living your life in grace. But the book that was really, really awesome to read, and I read it, Believe it or not, John, in two days on a beach, I was on an island where I could not leave the island. And I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. And I ended up reading your whole book and it's called On My Worst Day. And it was so awesome because it is exactly that. If you get a chance to read this book, please do. Uh, You can go to johnlynchspeaks.com to get it. And it's awesome because it is the premise. Just a quick, I'm not going to ruin anything, but... The coolest thing about it is it's basically every time something goes wrong, we're like, this is the worst day ever. (laughs) And you have so many of those. And he writes his book and he's vulnerable. He's transparent. He writes just every time he said, this is the worst day ever. He writes it and he writes that with the thought process to let everybody know that you learn something through your worst days ever. And it's storms. It's what they are. It's where they're inevitable they will happen. There's no doubt they're going to happen. And we can't run from them. That's my view of a storm. That's why we have the brewery. We're in the podcast at Free Room Brewing Company right now. And the Built for the Storm podcast was designed because I have different people on that we can chat about no matter who you are, famous, not famous, successful, not that successful, you're going to have storms. And This, John, is a perfect time to talk to you about this. You've come in for our men's night. As we're recording this, we're having our first ever Free Roam Brewing Company men's night. I'm super excited, and he's our first speaker ever. And I'm super excited. He's talking on uh, a message called The Two Roads, which many of us, if we've heard it, you can go to YouTube and listen to it. It's called We call it the 45 caliber bullet of messages. It's, It's about 45 minutes. It's awesome. But it is so inspiring. And it's so influential because it is also how we deal with storms and how we see them by basically how we handle them. But John, you've written an amazing book. You have so many story and I'm a guy that tells story all the time. I speak through story. That's what I do. When I tell a story, there's always a principle. 
I think that's why this book was so important to me and it probably resonated so well. But the amount of storms that we have had to deal with and be a part of, and you write this book saying, yes, and you're going to have many, this is the worst day of my life. What caused you to really dive into this? What was it that allowed you to say, you know what? This is what I'm going to put pen to paper. Yeah. Man, thanks, Jeremy. What a treat to be here. I get to speak on a flatbed tonight, so (laughs) (laughs) everything else is just gravy. I think I wrote on my worst day for a number of reasons. Sometimes we don't talk about that. A lot of people just hide and stuff and bury that kind of, to have to deal with storms are going, if I talked about it, I might just go under And so it becomes this private secret that we carry around sometimes that we just go, I have to find a way to bury it. And so it seems to be why uh, men cry commercials, but they have a hard time processing in real time. So I, I wanted to give people voyeuristically through me to get to see my worst stories, to get to see. And I think along with it, knowing God, now, or I didn't till I was 27, for the reader, I try to imagine, what would Jesus be saying to me right now? And that is, that is a hoot. That is a delight in the story to be able to imagine where is he in that? Because for the longest time, so many of us, when we're going through hard things, we're told that Jesus is over on the other side of the room watching it. That's garbage. And it was a real gift for me to get to write the book. And yeah, I think the vulnerability, allowing men, gosh, a bunch of guys have gone through it in groups. They pick out their best story and they talk through their own storm. And, yeah. and then everybody gets to interact with them. That's a real gift for men. Yeah, I think that's where, I guess I think I so appreciated the book because it's not, all these vulnerable stories and there's just some good deep ones, some really deep, deep, deep vulnerable stories. And you don't see men write those a lot. Yeah. And we've even talked about it a little bit on the podcast where we were even to a point where we said, what one of the guests would be like, man, you just don't hear a lot of people speak with vulnerability and transparency, right. especially men. Or they have to put a bow on it. You know, you have yeah. to, it always has to somehow, and then that's when we found out that I was mayor, you know, uh, and it, it's just, it's nobody's lives are like that. Yeah. And so when we hear it, we don't trust it. And so I try to not put bows on a lot of these. Don't yeah. I think that's what I, I was, it was about for me was it was a learning concept, but not denying that there is not pain. Yeah. Regardless of what I learned, it still hurt and it shaped. And that's what I have said so many times is I'm like, I'll think about it. And my whole thought process on some of these storms that I go through, I think about with my children. I think about with friends. I thought about it when I read your book. The wounds are there. They're actually going to shape you. They're going to shape you to be fallible. You are not ever going to be perfect because the storms that you had to endure whether you brought them on you or that someone else brought them still shape you because the wounds do that. And what I appreciated some of your stories is there wasn't a, like you said, a bow, there wasn't a, 
And here's the inspirational story you get from this. It's no, it did suck. And it did cause problems later down the road. And I still had to deal with him. But here, if you get anything out of all the stories, the sun comes up the next day. That's right. You will live right. through it. That's you right. will, as a buffalo does. They will charge that storm. The storms will pass over. There will be sunlight. That doesn't mean that, some, that you don't have a scar on your forehead from it. It doesn't mean some of the fur on its back didn't get <laughs> rubbed off. It, yeah. it was a tough battle. And sometimes they're harder than others. But... John, if you think about the stories, like if you think, man, of all the stories, and there could be a bunch of them, so I know I'm, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but if there was a couple stories that you said, man, I did not enjoy it, don't wish it, but it was necessary. Yeah. What, do you have any of those? Well, I, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of a couple right now. Let me tell the story. I got really hurt. Uh, a few years back, just shredded by someone in front of people that I really respect. And sometimes I always say you run or you fight or you freeze. And I froze like for a year. And I still could do things, still doing my life. But we have a concept that we talk about in The Cure where I'd held on to that. And I, here I was, the guy who helped write the book. But someplace, my son said to me, Dad, where are you? I don't recognize you right now. I need you. I need my dad who can talk me through things. Because it made me so stinking preoccupied. And so Caleb, my son, and he would have been maybe 28 at the time. And uh, he called me out in a really, really great way and said, Dad, I know you're hurting and you're going to have to let it go. You're going to have to not be owned by it and not be defined by it. And so we talk about forgiveness as this gift that is not that you do because you're a good Christian and we're supposed to forgive. You forgive first so that the hooks come out of you, so that you don't get sick. When I, hmm. when I hold on to that anger and that resentment and that bitterness, it makes me sick. It's like, shh, shh. it's like hooks get embedded into me. And so forgiveness is saying, God, I can't run this. Hmm. Only you can run this. Only you can deal. So I'm going to count on the fact that you say you've got my back, and eventually you'll redeem it. You'll take care of me. You'll bring good out of it. And I have to believe that so that I don't play judge and jury. Hmm. And to let God be judge and jury. He's the only one who can do that. So that has taken a while. But I'm believing it. And I really keep saying, I don't want this. Hmm. I don't want this crap. I don't want to hold on to it. I don't want to tell three-minute, six-minute, half-hour versions of just so people can pray effectively. I don't want that crap. Mm. So that's been a beautiful outcome of something that was real-time, hard, mm. hard, hard. And so it, it sounds cliché. When God says in, in Romans, I cause all things to work for good, for my good and for your good and for my glory. 
for my purposes, for all my kids, whatever that is, you'll never hear God saying, oh, oops, mm. oh, dang, man, that one, that one got away from me. Mm, yeah. Sorry, uh, that, oh, man, if I was you, I'd just duck. You know, I'm not a, I, I could do things in the Old Testament, but I've lost a step, you know. He never is that way. He sees it coming, and he loves you more than you love yourself, and he goes, this one's going to hurt. Mm. And I know it, and I didn't promise you that you wouldn't hurt. And you didn't do something wrong necessarily that brought it on. But I promise you, the one who loves you the most didn't allow this so that you could be ruined. Hmm. I, I allowed it so you could find me in it in a way you've never found me before. Hmm. So, and again, I don't want to put a bow on it. I'm still there. Hmm. But to have my son call his dad out because he knows his dad and to be able to say, I'll go through all of this with you, dad. Mm. I need you. I need you back. Mm. I need not this weak, frightened guy who's afraid of a shadow. Mm. So I I think of that one first off. Mm. Uh, And that's been huge for me in real time. Well, I mean, here's what I hear in that. I hear... 60 plus years of age, right? <clears throat> I hear you wrote the book already. Yeah. And you're speaking on it and you're speaking on forgiveness. The cure is laced with getting rid of bitterness, getting with yeah. yeah. all these things. And yet God, I think has a way of, mm, I'm going to check in real quick here. Cause it's easier to talk on all this stuff, Absolutely. man. It is so easy to tell everybody how to weather a storm. And I think that there are times in our life. And so that's where I, I look at storms as, man, I, I hated the verse, take joy in trials and tribulations. I hated that verse for the longest time. I hated, confused by God work all things together for the good. Easy to preach on, easy to speak on. But, and I don't like to talk about my situations a whole lot, but I can say God works all things out together for the good because I hung a curveball. And I gave up a homer, but I learned my next lesson, but I just signed for another who knows how many million dollar contract. People aren't going to be like, yeah, yeah you're yeah. not really relatable. Yeah, that's right. Like, that happened to us just last week, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. To like, So you're like, you want to say all that stuff, but then you're really like, mm, it's hard. And I didn't understand the take joys and trials and tribulations. But in the end, I think about even your situation right there where you still will always learn. You're always yeah. getting pushed. And even though you talked on it, spoke on it, it just gives a different credibility when there's a recent storm that you can actually tell people about that still you stand on these points. And, and, I, and I don't, I, I, I think I know how you feel about it. It's not like God is saying, there's a little fire scarecrow. You know, uh, <laughs> it's, he's not going, you need, a, you need a good lesson, John Lynch. There's enough crap in the world that's going on that he just yeah. says, I'm going to let this one happen. I'm just going to refashion. Mm. And that's a, that's a powerful thing for me to know. The evil one is constantly trying to harm me. Mm. And there's... I don't know what today brings. Well, I'm yeah. out here. Something happens to Stacy. I don't yeah. know. And he will still be wonderful God no matter what yeah. happens. But that's a, I, I was thinking about, as we were talking, Romans 5 says, 
You're going to get tribulations. You're going to get trials. And one of the things it does is it gives you proven character. Mm -hmm. Now, not to God. God doesn't need you to prove your character to him. He already knows. You can see down the road. But for me, Mm -hmm. Jeremy, I get to not be afraid of my shadow. Yes. God did that and says, John, you're going to have your character proven to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I mean... I am 60-something, and I'm still having to learn that a lot. Yeah, that's probably the point I was trying to make was God doesn't need us, for one, but he uses us. So for me, because, one, I believe pride is very much available to every single one of us. And if we don't learn to know, if we think that we can talk on storms, yet we're never going to have them because we're talking on them, pride, I think, will creep in there. But I think the constant reminder for me when storms come is I do think God says you will get through them. I've shown you time and time again, you're going to get through them. And it is a faith builder because to me that man, it just reminds you, believe it or not, what I have learned the most out of storms. Even when I look back at some of my storms 10 years ago, then I look back at my recent storm a couple years ago. And what I'm reminded is how aware of or aware I was, I should say, that God exists more than when I'm riding the wave. When I'm sitting in the sun all the time and there's no storm coming and I'm basking in that sunlight, God wants that too. He does. He needs you to rest in that. But man, there are times where like I, I probably see God, some of the most I actually see God actually work on me and who wants to hear that? I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Nobody wants I, I, to hear it's that. Like, I've got a gift Yeah, yeah. And I go, hey, okay, um, let's, we've got that. Yeah. But it's so good to know what you just said. He makes no mistakes. Yeah. There's never a time where he's going, Jeremy, I, I, I gave you too much and you're not going to make it. Yep. Uh, you, you get up every morning and go, you're still here. I'm still here. That's right. And, and your mercies are new every single day. Mm. You're built for it. You're reminded that you're built Isn't for that crazy? it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He's he's wired us to be able to not have storms rip us apart, mm. but to grow us up and, and to make us make our lives beautiful for that night when you're sitting around with your wife in one of those calm moments and you're at a restaurant and there's a candle between you and you got a glass of wine going and and you're going. We've got a great life. Mm-hmm. We've had a hard, some hard stuff. Yeah. But we, God, you, you've caused our love to grow, even in the midst of wild imperfection. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more that I... Yeah, sure. My daughter, Amy, and I've written about this in Worst Day. My daughter, Amy, is our kin keeper. She's it. She's the middle child, but she's the one who holds us all together. And um, she got married, and it wasn't a good marriage. And uh, my daughter's choice, precious girl, loves Jesus dearly. She got wrapped up in a situation where she had an ongoing affair, her way of getting out of the marriage. She just, she didn't know what to do. It was like, I'm lost. Yeah. And we knew something was wrong, but never that. And one night she called 
and I remember where I was, where Stacy was in the room. It was on speakerphone. I could hear it. And I think something dropped out of my hands. It, it was like our perfect life dropped out of our hands. You know, I was a pastor, and we were just on the wonderful trajectory. And now it's like, that's in our life. Mm. We have a daughter and really failed. And we're not all together anymore. And we loved her well, really well during that time. And she let us love her well. And I'm so proud of that girl. And nothing's ever perfect. She's remarried in a great marriage, two great kids. So again, I'm putting a bow on it. But let me take it back and say, the big one in that was how Stacy and I responded. At first, it was like, that can ruin you. That can ruin you as a couple. That could separate you as a couple. We didn't yeah. know what to do. And we hurt each other in there because we're just in pain. Mm -hmm. Just in pain. And But eventually, that God who said he would be faithful said, it's okay for you guys. If you're going to write books like you write, you're going to have to be known for being real. Mm. And you're going to have to uh, not have your problem. Your quiet times are not good enough. There's going to be stuff mm. of compromise. And sometimes it'll be me. Sometimes it'll be someone else that I love dearly. Mm. Sometimes it'll be something that happens to someone, I, one of my children that I love dearly. But that beautiful thing that he says, proven character, I've got to watch my daughter stay in the arena mm -hmm. and Day and when she would show up in Phoenix, she'd be front row in church and singing the songs and saying, I'm home, I'm back. Yeah. Uh, and she wasn't ashamed. She really trusted that God could take her shame. Yeah. And she didn't have to wear it. She didn't have to be owned by that. And again, I don't know what could happen tomorrow. I have yeah. no idea if she's hiding something now, but it's caused us to know each other. I've gotten yeah. to talk to my daughter on a level and she's saying dad how when i feel this kind of thing how do you process that oh my gosh you want that all your life as a dad yep for your kids to come to you so that one just about undid us it, yeah it, because it it just rocked our innocent easy playful good trajectory world yep and now i can't say that I'm one of those that if you do this, you will never have problems yeah. in your home. Uh, I can't say it. Yeah, I do. And I really believe the truths that I'm teaching are real and that if you live by them, you'll fail less and you'll enjoy your life a lot more mm -hmm. and you'll get to love. But man, that's why I love what you're doing, Jeremy, because when I sometimes read Christian books, I go, I got to put it down now. You're, you're, this, is, <laughs> this is all too magical and wonderful, and you are way too great. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I'm sorry that God doesn't just get honored and glorified when we get to tell a victory story. Yeah. He gets honored and glorified in what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that the Bible for me is all, I mean, obviously, this is my version. So, but it's just a bunch of, it's a bunch of podcasts of all the <laughs> stories of, of trials and how God came yeah, through. Yeah. 
That's you don't right. even Jesus didn't have the per, I mean the guy he, he wore it man he That's right. Every nobody in scripture went through unscathed. Nobody wouldn't have been you wouldn't able to take one person in the Bible and say let's do a podcast on how you had the perfect life. And the one that had the most perfect life got killed, got beat, got whipped, got storm after storm. And the actual flesh of flesh, Job, who was pretty much most righteous man to live outside of Jesus, he had his family taken from him. Yeah. I mean, you are not exempt. You are not exempt from trials and storms. And I think the biggest thing that this guy named the devil does to society is he tries to make one, one of the greatest lines in movie history is the greatest thing the devil did is make you think he doesn't exist. Right. Usual suspects. It's one of the greatest lines ever because it's true. And he wants you to think that you should never be in a storm. If you do just run from it, hide from it. Don't go through it. It's terrible. Something uniquely wrong with you. Shame. Something's wrong with you. you, you That's the one for me. Stacy, when something breaks in our house, she gets mad. I go, we're done. This this is it. This is the beginning (laughs) of the end. This is how the Lynch family goes down. We lose our name, uh, everything. And I, that's what, that's what the evil one wants to do with me. And that's where it takes us all in different places. Yeah. And I think that that's what I heard on the shame on your stories, man, the thing that kills us is shame. If we can get past the fact that shame does not have to control us, it doesn't run us. And just because you had a bad day doesn't mean you're you are a bad day. See, that, it's the right, day Jeremy, was bad. Jeremy, right there, if we could get that, if we could get that, and to actually believe that our shame doesn't identify us anymore, mm. the moment you put your hope mm. in Christ at all, Christ in you identifies you. Mm. This this new life. I guess why I can't call myself an idiot because I have Christ fused at the cellular level mm. in me. And so the real me, every time something like that happens, I don't have to go into shame mm. because one, I have Christ and the power of his life living in me. And he says, John, you're perfect kid. You're righteous. You're holy. You are a delight. There's no condemnation. I've seen what you're doing. And I, choose to say i love you as much as you can be loved Mm. and uh it it takes that away from me when i believe it it's so powerful for someone to believe that i'm not this loser failure that god's enduring and Mm. putting up with and when i get to heaven he'll go yeah you made it to heaven you prayed your prayer but I, i i don't really like you Just stay, stay away from me. Yeah, yeah, if we truly could risk believing that the cross and resurrection was that powerful. Mm, mm. Yeah, I I resonate with that story too. On hey, this is how you run a family. This is how you stay away from all that. Everything's fine if you do it this way. You can never be a part of that story. And for me, I was the same way. I did not. I did not believe in divorce, still don't believe in divorce, except for extreme, maybe abusive, where your life's in danger, you know, cases. And yet I'm this guy on a bike trail a couple of years ago on this mountain bike. And I found this cross over by my old church. I used to go to a different church in town and I was riding this bike and I see they put a cross out on a bench. And I remember for some reason at that moment on that bike ride, I felt like God said, Hey, I want about a week earlier, I bought a bunch of communion cups 
<laughs> and had them in the house. And I, I felt like him say, grab one of those. And so I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I'm on a bike ride, but I grabbed it and threw it in my, my pack. And I remember stopping at that place and sitting there and just kind of opened up the communion cup or whatever. And I was praying and I was frustrated and I was cussing. I probably used every four little word in the book in my prayer <laughs> to God. I, was, I mean, it was definitely a David ripping his clothes. Yeah. F you, yeah. you know, yeah. like I was so angry, but it was such an intimate conversation with God that he's, he, he's going, bring it. Just he is. It. And that's the thing yeah. is he actually said, your shame. If that is why you're angry because yeah. you think you did something wrong. You think there's something wrong with you because you don't believe in divorce and you find yourself in one. Yeah. You think you are somebody you did something wrong because you think you let your family down because you took pride in the fact that you wanted to be married for to the same woman for 70 years and raise a family and they all just follow everything and it didn't work out. Your shame is what's making you angry. And he said, I'm, I'm going to ask you to let go of the shame because I'm not angry with you. And as soon as I felt that, man, it was such a relief for me because I was like, I, I am integral. I was the best husband I could possibly be. I still want to be the best dad. And to this day, I am wanting to be the best husband I can possibly be. I married a beautiful woman a few months ago, and I want to truly be the best. I, nothing has changed. Yeah. Shame has not changed me. Yeah. I had to release myself of shame so I could heal, but it never changed me. And I, and I, I live free to this day. I'm not ashamed of anything. And I'm so thankful for that. And that God said, I'm taking you through a storm. I'm going to walk with you through it. But do not let shame be the one that causes you to turn and run from it because I want you to keep charging. And that was so big for me uh, to, to be able to feel that, know that, be encouraged by that and walk free. And I, well, it changed me. I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm looking at you. And imagine, it, almost like it's a wonderful life in Pottersville, you know, of, <laughs> of what your life would be like if you did not choose mm. to let him have your shame. Mm. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing. No. You'd, you'd be dark. Just to would look be. at you, you'd be dark. And your kids wouldn't get the best of you. And you, I don't know, whatever, whatever your things that you could be obsessed with, you'd be addicted. Yeah. And that's what we can't see is what he's doing in the midst of you. Mm. It's, it's so easy for us to say, well, you got a divorce and you shouldn't have, and all, all the, whatever. Even if you had done wrong, even mm. if you had, you're still, that's how powerful what he did mm. is, is that you're still the delight of his heart. He's mm. never disgusted or angry. And I watch you, there's life in what you're touching. Mm. There's life in this brewery, in this event that we're going to get to do tonight. Mm. And I go, that is, that's a gift from God, man. Mm -hmm. It's pure gift from God. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with the, you. That's a storm you go, let's not ever have to have anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wish it on yeah. my worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think that that's where I have now understood the concept of take joy in your trials and tribulations and it might not be that joyful while you're going through it. I don't know a lot of people that are like, hooray, yay, I'm going through a trial. I think what I do take joy in is the fact of who I became because of my storm, because of the trial. And you know now you can take joy, not, not in the feeling of pain, mm -hmm. but in knowing 
something's going to happen. Yep, something, something good. Something good is going to. Yep. It, that I that I don't even know that I needed. That's right. Is, is going to happen. That's right. And and that's a that's why the buffalo run into the storm. That's right. Yep. And I and and I I look back and I'm like, man, because I remember I was sitting on the brewery idea, and the reason oh. I even got pushed through yeah. was because of it. I remember I had only known you guys for a couple years. I think it was like three or four years, four years or something. And I was learning about grace. I was learning about parenting. I just got done reading The Cure for Parents. Yeah. But in this, I will guarantee you this, I'm a better father than I was before the storm because I got to know myself and I got to know my boys incredibly well. Candace, my bride, has literally the best version of me because I've had so much good come out of it, so many people, good therapy, good mentoring walking through all this chaos and like healing from it and learning from it. Like I'm the best version of me that I've ever been yeah. because of the storm. Yeah, that's right. But I don't, it, there wasn't a, it's not rosy. My kids are from broken home. They're confused. They, they, there's not a bow necessarily, but there is a lot of good that has come out of it. And, and, and the, the man that you are can walk them through mm. this non-stop storm. Mm-hmm. There is a storm of reality that they can't escape. Yes. They, they're from a broken family and they, they want to go, I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want that to be mm-hmm. a part of my story. I don't want what happened to me in fifth grade to be part of my story. It'll always yeah. be part of my story. Yeah. But what you just said is you will be there now to walk them through every step of it. Yeah. And they they know that you're real and they know that you're trustworthy. And it will cause God's gonna do this. Isn't that crazy? He's gonna do the same thing with them that we promise happens to us in storms. Mm. He's gonna do something wild, crazy, good. Because that's one that they didn't ask for. That's right. That's one they didn't cause. And I and I've leaned on the principle with myself that I had to actually lean on it from from my children. And if you gave it to me. And I did not trust myself with God during this time. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I could have went a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. yeah. but I had to trust God with me. Yeah. And once I realized that that is completely different, now I look at my sons and I'm like, I can't keep you from storms. I can't keep you from the storm that you just had to go through. That was nothing you guys did, yeah. or you should have been brought upon you. Yeah. However, I trust God with you because I will not trust you with God. I will trust God with you, though. and that, Which is unbelievably powerful. Yeah. I will trust God. If he says, I'm going to let this one through and I'm going to refashion it, God, I would not have done that with my kids. <laughs> no, I, I would have not, not taken this route, I that, can tell you right. that. And, and he says, and that's, of course, why you're not God and everything, <laughs> yeah. you know. And we look back, and time is so helpful. What about my life would I do different? For us to be sitting across here, I really like the life that God's given me. Mm. And so all those things were part of it. All that was part of this watercolor painting that has some weird stuff in the background, strange stuff. But it's been a wonderful life. Yeah. You get to say that. And the gift of storms. God refuses to keep me from that because mm. he loves me too much. Mm. 
I'm so thankful to meet you, have met you, John. I'm so thankful to have met your beautiful bride, Stacy. I think it's great. Your family, uh, man, I've gone to Scotland with you and Ireland, and yeah. we've had some amazing scenarios there. I, I introduced you to Dubliner. <laughs> you Let's did. You introduced me to Dubliner, and then I found out that my son has a dairy allergy, and I got off no, dairy for him. No. And the one thing I miss is Dubliner, and so I've told Candace, I'm like, mm. I'm not going to do dairy until I need some Dubliner. Then I'm going to, I'm probably going to do dairy. I don't think I'm allergic to dairy. She actually found out that she was because she got off for Logan and all of a sudden all of her stuff that she thought all these allergies was coming from, uh, from, from that. She, I actually told her she had a red wine allergy and she looked at me and she goes, well, I guess I'm going to be dealing with that my whole life. Then. Apparently, I've got an allergy. She's not changing. Wildly active. <laughs> I say when you're when you're on my patio, you're having yeah. a Dubliner. Yeah, no, no, we have to, we have to, we have to. Yeah. No, I. Uh, but John, thank you so much for the conversation. This was great. Um, I'm, this was actually an impromptu podcast, by yeah. the way. It was not yeah. booked. So, thank you for coming on, Built for the Storm. I'm so thankful we got to have this conversation. This will not be the last conversation we have with you, John. We're going to have more of these because these are great. I think there's a lot to learn. I don't have a lot of people that I have done podcasts with that I would say or not say would be a return guest over and over, but you're definitely going to be one of them. Wonderful. So thank you so much for coming on. You bet. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. You've been dialed into the Built for the Storm podcast with Jeremy Affel. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affel. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affel. If you like what you heard, please like, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Jeremy Affel here for Free Roam Brewing Company. Do you enjoy craft beer? I do. So I started Free Roam Brewing Company. Our logo, environment, and community all reflect the mighty buffalo, a creature built for the storm. It symbolizes inner strength, perseverance, and a love of freedom. Here at Free Roam Brewing Company, we are determined to strengthen our community through the love of craft beer. Our premium quality lagers and ales reflect the diverse experiences and tastes of our community. In a boundless world of potential beer styles, we cherish the freedom to roam. So if you're in the Bernie area, whether local or passing through, Join us on Main Street and enjoy your freedom. Jeremy Affel here for the Hotel Via. I know you've heard it's at the intersection of sports, technology, and entertainment. But for me, it's my home away from home when I visit San Francisco. I can give you 50 great reasons why I chose Hotel Via, but it's easier for me to say it provides all the comforts of home, family owned and operated, and of course, it's across from the beautiful Oracle Park. So when you're coming to San Francisco for business, pleasure, vacation, or just coming to a sporting event, check in to the Hotel Via.